0: You know, I bet there are millions of people who believe that Florida is an extension of a nightclub floor. Children, of stars, knights dancing the rare exotic Latin American dances. Banana daiquiris
1: and, and listening to Barbara
0: Strike. <laughs> uh, for me, and I guess maybe a couple of million other people, Florida is something else.
2: When I come out of the service, I had a dozen things wrong with me. And I will say that this is the best hospital I ever hit. Right here. No drugs, no nightmares, no pain. But nature's rough, rough treatment was the damn best medicine that I ever took. For the simple reason that when I come down here, I was ill. I couldn't get around stiff.
0: proud man. He lives in an old abandoned boat on the shore of Mosquito Key. You can see it there.
2: Well, that is not the principal reason. The principal reason was money. No place to stay with the pension that I get. There isn't a place in Florida where I can live comfortably and eat the way I like to if you walked into a restroom, you were fed some doggone stuff that made you sick. And you didn't go into that restroom, you walked into another, and the same thing happened. It seems there was a car falling around. Well, it just get you to bitch, uh, just to heal, bitch.
0: Body. Almost painfully beautiful country that lies down there in the south, just hanging into the Caribbean, like some great pendulum. Lord, I was in the army, and I was a kid who came out of Chicago where the winters are cold. Seemed to be made out of oil. And all of a sudden, I found myself in the army. I was trained, training camp. It was bitter cold. One night, we shipped in a sealed train. Hour after hour after hour after hour, we moved through the night. And then, about eight o'clock on the second day, I woke up looked out through a thin slip that we had cut in the seal in our Pullman car. And I couldn't believe the sight. A tree in my life like that before. And a few hours later, we were in the Everglades, right next to the Gulf of Mexico, where the water just rolls in from the coast of Yucatan steadily, endlessly, on and on. And the greatest shellfish in the world, just millions and millions of rare exotic shells, lay along the beach.
2: Do you know that I'd hold up a, a loaf of bread a slice at a time and the, uh, and, the, and the seagulls would come down and gerry-mander around and, and, and take a bite as they passed Bye. by until I fed the whole loaf to them? Uh, I used to go down into the cellar or it damp and cool for relief But down in here you can get right out into the breeze and under sh- a shady tree and, and you're comfortable. Out in the sun, you might, you boil, but by golly, you get in the shade and it's just lovely. The summers are beautiful down. with the exception of the, of the, of the natural
0: hills. I suppose some people do think Florida's nothing, but Harper's dry sand, Eddie Fisher. These guys are fishing for a rare bird, the stone crab. You ever heard of the stone crab? It's one of the great delicacies. And the stone crab exists only along certain parts of the west coast of Florida, on the Gulf Coast. The strange-looking crab with great great white and gold and orange pincers. Angry crab. He's called stone crab because the shell that he has is harder than any stone, actually, than I've ever seen. And they're beautiful. You eat them with cold mustard sauce.
2: Now, when, they, when, there's a, when, when there's a storm and the water is a muddy uh, gray on,
1: Marty, uh, a a grayish
2: color, there's no fish around. The water's are sterile. But when you get uh, two and a half, three feet depth of clear water, why uh, three years uh, ago, that place was alive all night long. You could hear the snooze jumping. You could hear the jaws snapping. You could see the porpoises coming up and feed. And believe it or not, there was one corpus named Gertie, chased three mullet right up on the beach where I was able to net them. She was playing a spot between 100 feet from the, the pier up on the beach at low tide. And she just run those mullet right up onto the beach where I was able to uh, net him.
0: in the middle of the Everglades. Life just goes on. So you you don't think much about time. You don't even think of what month it is. What day it is in the week. Must have been about 3 o'clock in the morning. Lying there in our tents. I'm sound asleep, and you can hear the radar. If you're awake, you can hear the radar going all the time, night and day, that steady humming beat. All of a sudden, just outside the tent, let go. I turned over and I looked at Gasser, who was in the bunk across the tent from me. I said, hey, Gasser! Sergeant Kowalski's finally flipping! He just lay there and listened. It was a bull alligator, looking for big... And it was about that time, I think, that I began to... Totally and completely in love with the Everglades and the Gulf Coast and long nights. And on the nights when we were off, when we wanted to get the sound of the radar out of our ears, very clean shift from foot to foot and head back into the glades. Sometimes when the temperature's down around fifteen degrees and winter seems to have been going on forever, my office up in New York. I look up at the wall blown up a coat of slide of a pelican just floating in the blue waters off of Goodland. I know that those people are down there just live walking around riding bikes going fishing stopping by for a Dairy Queen. The West Coast Florida is as different from the east coast of Florida as the Sahara Desert is different from the East River. And there laying right next to my ball, not more than five or six feet away, right on the shore of a tiny waterhole, was a gigantic 14-foot alligator. Big Albert, just laying there. He eats crow flight golf balls for breakfast. And he eats golfers for dinner. Well, I don't know what the chorus rules are whether you drop a ball or whether you try to bounce one over Ernie or Albert. All I know is that I just walked up awful careful. I decided I'd let him have the ball. I dropped another one, took a stroke, and went on.
2: Would you believe it, the first time I had a diving board and a pier out here, and the first dive I took off that damn thing, I walked right from into a hammerhead. And I just turned and I slowly paddled in. I hadn't taken a jump into that water since. I took me back, them in here, or I, I launched my John boat, full of water, and lay in my John boat. But by golly, walking into a hammerhead. And if I told he was to down by the Pink Motel, i see a Marco shark, come up four feet and barrel roll. And I see kids skiing on the bay, I wouldn't, I wouldn't ski it on the bet. I did try, there was a group down here, at low tide, I thought I'd try it and station fell on on the stage first try. And I quit. <laughs> or he quit. What, what it is that makes a, makes a guy into a fisherman. I, I think that uh, that the world is. Uh oh, wait a minute. There's a little action there. The world is divided into two kinds of people. Uh oh, I have some action. I have a fish, friends. Uh, there you go, he's off. They're in here. I think the world's divided into two kinds of people. There's. There's the fishermen, and then there's the bad guys. I remember one time I was in the Army, and I got uh, uh, stationed in a place down here in the Everglades. And four of us, one guy from Kansas, myself, I was from Indiana, the guy from Illinois, Zinsmeister. And the other guy was from South Dakota. Uh, you know, when you live in South Dakota or Illinois or Indiana, the idea of the ocean, it, it, it's the thing you read about in stories like Moby Dick. And we came down to uh, Palm Beach. We rented a boat one of these day boats where you go out and go deep-sea fishing. And we went out for about four hours in this boat, and between the four of us, I don't think we had $65. And they charged us $40 for the half-day. We got out about 20 minutes to that pitching gulf stream, and it was a fantastic sight. All four of us, almost on cue, got seasick. And I mean so sick, so sick it was, uh, it was like a vision of purgatory. Well, we got, we got out to the Gulf Stream, we sat out there in the sun. I'll tell you, the sun down here in Florida is a, is a sun that has a special character of its own. It's a malevolent sun sometimes, especially when you're out in the water. That sun sat above us. We sat in that boat, in that green water moving on all sides. Benzmeister looking over the back there, down into that water. I'm up in the bow, and we were we were bottom fishing. We had these great big baits. In fact, the the, the uh, bait looked bigger than any fish I'd ever seen anybody catch. Tremendous bait. We sat out there for about two hours with that sun baking down. Well, finally the captain says, well, I guess that's it. We hadn't even had a fight. He started up the boat and we started back in across those waves again. Ten minutes later, all of us were hanging over that, that sand tail, letting it go again. It was more of it. there. We hadn't even tapped the first time. We finally arrived on the pier. Each one of us, 25 pounds lighter. Baked in the sun. Covered with blisters. We walked on back towards the shack where we had our Jeep parked. Vince Meister got in the front of the Jeep. I got in the back. Edwards was over there to the right. Gasser was next to me. Dinsmeister got the jeep going, we started to head back to the upper place. We rode for about five minutes in silence, except for the stomach growling. All of a sudden, Gus, says, you know... night we lay in the tent talking about it. how we fished in the Gulf Stream. Somehow we were one with Ernest Hemingway. Captain Ahab. All the other great fishermen of the past. Ever since that time I've, I've just never been able to stop. Whenever I get near water, especially whenever I get near salt water, I gotta fish. That's what I'm doing right now, today. either gets in your blood or it doesn't. You know, I have a feeling that... Captain A wasn't chasing a white whale Oh, ...when it was all said and done. Only a fisherman could really understand Moby Dick. Captain Ahab was pursuing the ultimate fish. He was basically a fisherman. And fishermen are lonely, angry men. They got a vision all their own. And the others will never understand it. And the others will never understand it. But today I think I'll catch one for Zinsmike. Gasser. Edward. Before the day is out, I may even... I
0: may even snag one for old Ahab himself. Seaweed Ernie is a proud, hard, tough man who lives on Mosquito Key all by himself. There's none of his soul on the island except for his 21 raccoons, and he has a name for each one of them. And he knows each one by sight. Ernie lives in an abandoned boat. Here it is great eyes painted on it. You're looking at a genuine loner. And he has the trees hung with his paintings. He just paints to keep his life alive, people and things that interest him. And his entire life biography he's kept on paper plates, the kinds you get on pies. He's illustrated his life with little tiny drawings he lives like Robinson Crusoe he is. An easy chair made out of sticks. Paintings of Elizabeth Taylor. Horses and the
1: devil. Seaweed Ernie. He's out there
2: tonight. Uh, Do you you consider yourself a hermit, Ernie? No. No, I don't consider myself a hermit. For the simple reason that I could go out tomorrow in Sunday's best and remember the things that I was taught, which is proper, and, and, and to handle myself as, as, as a man in the public view should handle himself. Now, I have, I have no diplomas and I'm not a VIP, but I will say this, I enjoy life from up to Sunset and then the There's my raccoon cat. Tabby! Tabby, you come? Tabby? Come on, go. Hurry, hurry. When did you decide to come
1: down
2: here for? Well, when I come out of the service, I had a dozen things wrong with me. And I would say that this is the best hospital I ever hit. No drugs, no nightmares, no pain. But nature's r- rough treatment was the damn best medicine that I ever took. For the simple reason that when I come down here, I was ill. I couldn't get around stiff. What well, made you decide to live on an island? Well, choice in God's nature's. uh Ways. You say you're part naked. Well, uh, that is n- not the principal reason. The principal was reason was money. No place to stay with the pension that I get. There isn't a place in Florida where I can live comfortably and eat the way I. La- Picture of her, it. If I had hadn't seen before. I observe the the uh, the, uh, the landscape, the sea and the sky takes on a velvety touch of uh, of softness that it, is hard to describe unless you actually see it, and and able to see it night after night, uh, you can appreciate nightfall and you can ap- appreciate a dawn, because when I hit Florida I, or even when I was traveling to the West Coast, I used to get up at daybreak and climb the highest point of land that I could get to and watch the sun come up.